Hi there, Neil here. Obviously, you love to travel. That's why you're listening to this podcast. Circa, our app available right now from the App Store on iOS, is filled with podcasts and guides for travelers. But more than that, it has a feature that we're calling the Circa Concierge, where you can have any question about any place you're traveling answered by real people on the ground. We're giving you a friend to ask anywhere in the world. And hey, if you've got questions about Barcelona, you might even get me. Because I love to help people discover my city. And if you're the same way for the city where you live, then we want you to become part of the Circa Concierge too. Right now, we're searching for concierges in Barcelona, Rome, London, Paris, Madrid, Venice, and New York City. Don't see your city listed? That's okay. We'll be rolling out new cities throughout the year, and yours might just be next. If you love where you live and love to help travelers, sign up now to be a Circa Concierge. Help out our users and earn tips for the knowledge you have about your own city or country. Head over to circatravel.com forward slash concierge and sign up today. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hello, friend. Why, hello there. <laughs> How's things? Pretty good. I'm in a closet. Yay! You ready to go to China? I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to go to China. It's a weird time to go to China, isn't it? <laughs> We're ready to go to China with your ear holes. Okay. A destination isn't always a place. Sometimes it's a new way of seeing things. I'm Neil Linnis. And I'm Andres Bartos. From Frequency Machine, this is Passport. In the northwest corner of beautiful Wyoming, in the United States of America, Nestled in a valley sits a little town called Jackson Hole. Snow-capped mountains, green valleys, rushing rivers, swaying pine trees, and homes made of stone and logs. I was born and raised in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. This is Garnet Henderson, and her memories of childhood growing up in Jackson Hole are a little slice of dream town, America. I mean, it's an amazing place to grow up. It's really beautiful. Fortunately, I think I knew, even as a kid, that that was unusual and lucky. If you're thinking John Wayne in The Big Trail, Alan Ladd in Shane, Kevin Costner in Dances with Wolves, or even Jamie Foxx in Django Unchained, you're spot on. They were all shot around Jackson Hole and the valley it sits in. The Jackson Hole Mountain Resort is a premier ski destination. The average cost of a home there is around $1.7 million. The most expensive house there will set you back about 30 mil. And your neighbor 
would be Harrison Ford. Or maybe Christy Wong. Although only 10,000 people live in the town, and about 22 in the valley area, Jackson Hole is a tourist destination all year round. But we're never going to be a show that goes for the obvious. So in this episode of Passport, we're going to look at something wonderful and unexpected that has really put Jackson Hole, Wyoming on the map, but a different map. A map of another country. You see, two hours north of Beijing, in China, also nestled between mountains and rivers and beautiful scenery, there is another town, another hugely successful Wild West community, named after and modeled on Jackson Hole. But how the hell did it end up there? This is the story of Jackson Hole, China. Dude, have you seen pictures of Jackson Hole, Wyoming? The place where it is is unbelievably beautiful. Ice blue, snow-capped with these lakes. But I had never really heard of it. People who I spoke to knew it straight away because it has this reputation of being just a a millionaire's playground. But yeah, I had never heard of Jackson Hole, China. (laughs) 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 It's not a combination of words you expect. Even Jackson Hole America is already a funny thing to say. But yeah, so they're kind of known for doing this weird, like, you know, there's, I think it's in Beijing, there's Europe Street. Europe Street. Europe Street, which is a Chinese government-ran theme park celebrating everything European. Oh, man. Uh, The Wikipedia page is really funny. It, like, tries to list the European countries that are represented next to every single country's name in parentheses. It just says... Maybe. Sweden? Maybe. (laughs) Hunger? Maybe. Kind of? I don't know. There's some research into this or some thought that's gone into why, you know, the Chinese seem to have this very particular relationship to originality. It's almost like there's a disrespect for it. There is no originality, which is true, right? Everything comes from something else somehow. The rest of the world doesn't do that or tries not to or tries to hide it at the very least. They're fearless with, with yeah. cultural appropriation. Fearless is a really good way to put it. I think it's also there's there's a new generation of Chinese people that have money to spend, right? In this whole economic boom, this insane driving economy that China had for so long, this whole kind of generation came up in that. And it's only in these last like 20 years where you know this other country has emerged that we're only starting to kind of wrap our heads around so remember at the end of this episode we'll be back with our saved pins those are some amazing americana influenced spots in beijing which we discovered while making this story In fact, there was a lot about China we didn't know, including this. China has a bit of a reputation for building copycat cities and towns. In 2001, Shanghai launched the One City, Nine Towns project. Their Sky City, 12 square miles of Paris, complete with a replica of the Eiffel Tower. It was once home to 10,000 residents itself, Now it's a selfie town, 
a novelty used for some rather weird wedding photography. There's Thamestown, based on a London market town. Mock Tudor buildings, red phone booths. It even has an iron statue of Bond, James Bond. Oddly looking more Pierce Brosnan than Sean Connery. There's also a Holland town, Venice town, Austria town, German town, Spanish town, Swedish town, and Shakespeare town. You know that famous town named Shakespeare? It's actually a copy of the Bard's home, Stratford-upon-Avon, and it's opening to the public this year. The thing is, most of these towns, these copycat towns, have failed. The word was that they were too far, too weird, and too expensive. Oddly, they've kind of become empty theme parks, ghost towns with no rides. Amongst all of them, and against the international odds, Jackson Hole succeeded. But why? I think it has a lot to do with that outsider's view of the American West, and especially the idea of rugged individualism. Going to the West where it's just you on your homestead. (laughs) As a film fan, and a Western fan, who grew up on Americana in Australia. That's my idea of the West too. In fact, when you enter the town from the Teton mountain range, there's a sign outside Jackson Hole, and it reads, Welcome to Jackson Hole, the last and the best of the Old West. But Jackson Hole is not the Wild West, (laughs) you know? It's a very upscale destination now. The top 1% in Jackson Hole earn over $16 million a year. In fact, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, is now the most financially unequal place in the United States of America. I started thinking about the people that settled in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and I guess, like Garnet, about the kinds of people who are settling in Jackson Hole, China. But more importantly, who the hell put it there? Well... I never thought about being an architect because I, I knew I was terrible at math. <laughs> <laughs> this is Allison Smith. Smith. Doesn't sound like a Chinese name. So how did Allison end up designing this whole town? I spoke to her from her studio in Portland. I used to drive my mother nuts, but she'd come home and I would move everything in her entire house the way it was supposed to be. I was nine and ten, <laughs> shoving furniture around. Allison clearly loves what she does, but she did dabble in a little real estate. Finally, settling in Oregon and working in property management, development, and design, China finally came to Allison. We have this possible client project in Beijing, outside of Beijing, and would you be interested in in designing these model homes? But he didn't call them that. They were called villas, and I was like, Oh, yeah, of course. That sounds amazing. She was kind of a little baffled by the word villa. She saw beaches, palm trees, and South American architecture, maybe a hammock. She was told that this wasn't the case. She headed to China blind, without even seeing the terrain or knowing how far along the development was. When designers are asked to do models, that means usually they've either been conceptualized and, and there's drawings and it's going to happen and you're going to specify all these things and there's a plan for it and all you do is put the parts into its places. That's what I thought. But that's not what happened. 
So, Allison flew to China, a place she'd never been before. She was nervous, short on information about the project, but along the way, she got some cultural tips from a friend who had done business in China. You gotta wear, you know, your best suit. I mean, I'll never forget this. You go shop and get your most expensive shoes. So I was like, okay. So we get there, and it's the next day, and I meet the counterpart, Andy Fan. It was his name, and he just looked at me and he said, "Perfect." <laughs> I was like, "What? I you don't even know what I've done. You have no idea where I come from. You don't know anything about me." He just said, "Perfect." An Eastern vision of American perfection had turned up to make this thing happen. If only they could work out what this thing was going to be. There's no itinerary. There's no plan. Nobody tells me what we're doing, and we just to start taking this drive out the Great Wall, and it's forever, and we're stuck in traffic, and as you know, there's a lot of smog, and it's just unbelievable. And I'm just like seeing stars because I'm coming off a jet lag, man, and I am exhausted. And from there, things for Allison got weirder and weirder. And we go out there, and there are these two houses that are not done. But they're like the weirdest montage of American architecture that makes zero sense. Just everything about America squashed into one building. <laughs> Absolutely. The developers wanted something American, something that screams the star-spangled banner and success and freedom. But they didn't quite know what that was. Allison didn't quite know what was going on either. She stood there in front of this mashup. Of an Aspen chalet, colonial Americana cabin, and Greek revival-style house, in her Diane von Fustenberg dress, on a building site in China, and I almost want to cry. Allison was a little strategic with what she wanted to show them in her designs, but they had a strange question. What is a symbol going to be? What's the symbol? I'm like, what do they mean? A symbol? I'm like, like the Star of David or something? What are they saying? A symbol? I don't know what they're talking about. Finally, what they were saying is, what is the theme? Allison did have some themes. Well, she had some knowledge of some really successful U.S. resort towns: Martha's Vineyard in New England, Vail, Colorado, Whistler, British Columbia, and Jackson Hole, Wyoming. The head developer heard the name. She paused, and then he said it like this: "Jackson, Jackson Hole." And it was like a pin drop in the room, and everybody was like, "And it was like I was like, 'Oh my God, that's 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 what we're gonna do. We're gonna do that.'" The Chinese developers loved Allison's take on what the town could be, but there was a slight problem. They thought she was an architect. So you're an architect, right? And I'm like, no, I'm not an architect. I'm an interior designer. So in China, they don't see them as a separate entity. Allison was thrown right into it. Things started happening really fast. She was tasked with naming everything in the town. 
And it was hilarious. We're like, well, let's call this Big Piney. Because that's where we used to live in Big Piney, Wyoming. And my mom's like, what about Cheyenne? We need a Cheyenne in there. She did seek help from an architect and a town planner in the United States. And she had a pretty ingenious idea. I could get an architect in the United States to sell me stock plans. Stock plans are great. They're formatted in many varieties to fit quickly within large communities and resort towns all over the world. And then I know that I can specify materials for the exterior and interior and give them the feeling of them looking like something that belongs in Wyoming. So that was that. Allison was an architect. We started off with the first plan, the first house we decided, and this was the genius of Andy Fan. Andy Fan, the developer who had declared Allison. Perfect. He's a marketing guru. He thinks more Western than any Chinese person I've ever met in terms of how to do business. Andy decided that the first model home, which would be the flagship house for the first stage of development, wouldn't be built in Jackson Hole. It would be built on a lake in a park in Beijing. I was like, first off, he showed me where it was going to be, and it was on this lake, and there were these boulders. And I was like, well, we don't have a foundation. He goes, no, we're just going to put it on these rocks. I was like, what? Allison sourced the brick, the wood, everything in the U.S. for the first house and sent it to China by airmail. Yep, airmail. The house got built quickly. And Allison shipped fixtures and curtains and cowhides and lanterns and Western art, deer antlers, stuffed animals, literally everything Western as possible through the mail. And the Andy Fan marketing machine begun. I came out of the airport and there was a gigantic picture of me in the name Jackson Hole in the airport on a billboard. And I was like, oh my God, this is insane. The first stage of development launched. Andy was putting on these extravagant press conferences too and throwing everything that he knew about America in there too to drum up the press. They didn't quite catch the Western theme yet, so they had, like, Guns N' Roses music playing in the background (laughs) and some guy dressed like Michael Jackson. Then they had dry ice everywhere and smoke everywhere. Allison got up on stage, stepped into the bright lights, cameras everywhere, and someone says... Allison, Miss Miss Allison Smith, if there's an accident on the property... Oh, no. (laughs) What... There's no hospitals nearby, or there's no doctors. What will you do? Like, what? (laughs) And so Andy runs up on stage, and he says a bunch of stuff, and I ask my interpreter, what what is he saying? She says, he said he's going to build a hospital. (laughs) I said, oh, of course. That's what you're going to do. With Andy's insane marketing of Jackson and Guns N' Roses, and Allison's 100% U.S.-sourced house, the sales campaign worked. They played Western movies outside, country music. They taught the potential buyers how to use log fireplaces. 
There were shuttle buses out to the site from the city, all with cowboy boots and hats. I had to talk to Andy Fan. The guy who amidst all of these failing replica towns decided that a model of Jackson Hole, Wyoming was going to be a home run with the one percenters in China. And guys, Andy Fan is a hard man to get hold of. But eventually, and with Allison's help and some special software installed on my phone, he called me. Hi, everyone. Circa's recruiting new concierges. A Circa concierge is a friend to ask anywhere in the world. Real people on the ground, never bots. If you want to be a concierge for your city, go to circatravel.com to sign up. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, Andy. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm very good, man. How are you doing? I'm fine, fine. Andy was born and bred in Beijing. And in the 1970s, when Andy was young, it was hard to get American movies in music. But he did. I like Michael Jackson very much. And the John Wayne, the very uh, Western. At that time, it's not easy. It, not many American movies in, in, in Beijing. No information about the States. Andy was taught about the USA by his father. He would show him maps of the states and explain the difference between the North and the South. He knew all the presidents, everything about the American Civil War. I wanted to know, at least in Andy's mind, where this little idea of Chinese Americana came from. Was the idea yours? Well, actually, I give the Jackson Hole the name, but uh, uh, actually, uh, the Dallasons, when she here, she told me, you know, the mountains look like the Wyoming. The first stage was so successful that the entire first run of homes sold out in a month. The picture of America that Andy had and the talent that Allison had, it worked because it spoke to an emerging class of elite Beijingers looking for something new. It's been incredibly successful, right? Yeah, it is. There's the most famous vacation home all over China. The most famous vacation homes in all of China. Andy is disarming in his simplicity. He's a straight shooter. I mean, he hadn't told me that I was perfect yet, but I was beginning to see why Allison really liked him so much. Why do you think your place went off the charts? A lot of Chinese, they've never been to the States, but as soon as they saw that, this is a very amazing place, and uh, they, they will say, oh my God, that's really cool. That's, they, they are, you know, they can't believe that. How many people live there? What's the population? 10,000. 
Wow. And some people living here. Yes. You know how many people live in Jackson Hole, Wyoming? 10,429. I read because of how the town looks and because of the type of people who live there that it's a, it's a very different place in China to live. Yeah, it is. You know, we don't have any uh, neighbors. Everything is just like uh, what's happening in the States. So that's very cool, very different. Uh, air is very fresh, very different with the downtown Beijing. Uh, the people that are living there, they, they love to take care of the flowers. and They are different. This idea of the America on postcards from the 1950s that Andy has, the one of all white picket fences and big sky and howdy neighbor, it's spilling over and it's affecting how the people there live. I asked him if the town has taken on some American values as well as the design. And he gets all excited about something I'm not expecting at all, an outside vision of America. Yeah, yeah. Let me give you an example. One of my clients, he imported a lot of like uh, the potatoes. Yep, potatoes. Uh, we, we have like a potatoes club. The Jackson Hole China Potato Club in the house. More than 300 residents are in the potato club and they are super into it. So he tells all the clients, you know, how to... Um, you know, how to plant the potatoes because it's big and very different with the local potatoes because the potatoes are very special. <laughs> so wait, ja- Jackson Hole grows its own potatoes? Yeah, of course. How much do I love the potato club? <laughs> My God. <laughs> I also could listen to Andy Fan say the word potato, I don't know, <laughs> for a few minutes at least. It's so nice. <laughs> That's how you should say potato. I would totally join the potato club. Potatoes are magnificent things. <laughs> I can attest to how hard it was to get a hold of Andy Fan. <laughs> In China, there's no WhatsApp, there's no Instagram, there's no Facebook, none of that. How, how did you do it? It's like Chinese WhatsApp. This thing called WeChat. The installation of it takes about 15 minutes. They ask for everything. Where you are, home address, like... And then there's no names. You can't search for anybody unless they give you their, like, 15-digit ID code. How scared were you? How scared were you installing this on your phone? Uh, They're definitely listening to us right now. I put it in, and there's Andy Fan. He just popped up. He's like, hello. There he was. Yeah, he told me so many crazy things. Uh, The Potato Club... Um, is being one of them, but they also have quite a strange uh, video to show prospective buyers the meaning of of what it is to be free in America. <laughs> well, we have a video uh, to show you know the 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 horse. The the horse have the you know the small baby, all the procedures, and that we. We show the procedure to individual owners and our clients. You, you show them horses being born. Yeah, it is. <laughs> when you see that, it, it, oh, it feels perfect. I've seen a horse being born. It made me feel a lot of things, but I'm not sure wanting to put down a deposit on a house was one of them. But in a weird way, I get Andy's reasoning. A newborn horse 
is a pretty strong symbol for freedom. Well, after 20 minutes, once they can run. There was something that almost everyone I spoke to brought up. Considering Beijing is one of the most air-polluted cities on Earth, it's not a stretch to see this idea of a Wild West town as an ecological necessity for the people of the city too. In fact, one of the slogans when the town was being built was Jackson Hole, a place you can breathe. <sighs> the success of the town led Andy to a huge career and huge projects. In fact, when I spoke to him, he was designing and developing the new Beijing airport. He was crazy busy, and he hadn't been spending a lot of time in Jackson Hole. So, I wanted to speak with someone who had. He was just as fascinated as I was. And then he told me this. We have a lot of development of the, like, the movies a lot, and also the TV show. So, wait, there, there's, a, there's a television show set in, in Jackson Hole in China? Yeah, there are many. Maybe I could find one of those soap operas. Or maybe someone who made a film there. Someone who had lived there. And I did. And I called him. In his house. In Florida. I heard about Jackson Hole, China in late 2014. Adam James Smith is a British documentary filmmaker based in the United States. His excellent documentary about Jackson Hole in China is called Americaville. I highly recommend it. I really feel this is my dreamed place. I want this to be part of my life. It focuses on a handful of residents and the draw of the Beijing elite, as Adam calls them, to the town. Issues to do with pollution, increasing bureaucracy, too much construction, so all of these issues, the kind of converging issues, are pushing a lot of wealthier urban people out to these new suburban uh, frontiers. Adam drove from Beijing to the frontier of Jackson Hole. It took a while to find, but when we did find it, we were confronted by a couple of security guards dressed in cowboy attire. They gave us 30 minutes to have a look around. 30 minutes, and then they'd be escorted to the edge of town. That wouldn't happen anywhere. Well, outside of the Wild West. This is morning in Jackson Hole. The entire town is woken up with a public announcement every day. Wait, wait, hold on. Can I do this? Sure, man, go for it. And now, for the morning announcement in Jackson Hole, China. Good morning, Jackson Hole. It's another beautiful day in paradise. Let the winds of freedom blow across our land of the brave. The high today will be 32 degrees and the low will be 25. We hope you are having a splendid day in your pursuit of happiness. For those visiting our town for the first time, we hope you will join us in our magical American fantasy. Imagine what it would be like to join us and be happy forever. For your enjoyment, here is Mariah Carey's hit single, Fantasy. Perfect. <laughs> All up, Adam lived in Jackson Hole in China for around six months. But why is it that out of all of these replica towns, why was a copy of a little town in Wyoming the sellout resort? How had Andy Fan and Alison Smith hit the nail so squarely on the head? 
one of the appeals of Jackson Hole is less pollution. Okay, no pollution. A lot of these replica towns are really quite poor replicas. High quality, check. A lot of Chinese people value communities that are situated um, in close relation to a mountain range and water. Boom, Feng Shui. Actually, the spirituality of a free place like Jackson Hole was something I hadn't considered. The desire for spiritual fulfillment. Um, so I think he tied these elements of the American dream and matched them to the yearnings of the urban elite of Beijing. So these rich people from Beijing, they can have their piece of newborn horse American freedom without ever even going there. You know, in small town America, they've almost rediscovered small town China. <laughs> the allure of travel, of exploration, uh, an identity also, even though it's an identity that's foreign to them. The similarities which abound between the US Jackson Hole and the Chinese Jackson Hole really start to come to the fore. The kinds of people which are attracted to the town in Wyoming are very, very wealthy. The clientele of Jackson Hole, China are pretty damn identical. Chinese have this fascination with wealth, with status, because I guess they've been deprived of it for a long time under communism. Right, because a country which is now an economic powerhouse and has thousands of years of a unique identity, is looking for release and change in a copy of a town which is synonymous with wealth and success. They haven't had the ability to amass wealth and express it. So I think this is one reason why a place like Jackson Hole and Beverly Hills, which is their new development, are um, appealing to replicate because really they're symbols of, of status. When people buy a place in Jackson Hole, China, they all sign up for individual lifestyle packages, a kind of contract for American culture. A membership program, signing up to baseball classes, they're, they're going off to play golf, they have uh, a movie production club, um, cooking classes and, um, and events every weekend. A manufactured American dream in a place with a newfound love to mix style and culture from all over the world. China's new identity can be a little bit of whatever they want. Houses in Jackson Hole are still selling. The town is still expanding. And yet, you heard that right, the next stage of Jackson Hole is oddly a suburb inside the town called Beverly Hills. Another name which screams opulence and success. A little bit of Los Angeles in Wyoming in China. This is great. The training video for the estate agents tasked with selling the Beverly Hills neighborhood is pretty special too. Groups of wannabe sales agents sit around watching Annette Benning in American Beauty alone and crying, slapping herself after not being able to close a deal they take it pretty seriously. I'm surprised they don't just screen Glen Gary, Glen Ross and be done with it. Come to think of it, American Beauty might be a good double bill with Andy's horse birthing film. 
if white American people decided to build a replica of, I don't know, like a Ming Dynasty town on the outskirts of LA and start dressing like uh, throwback Chinese people, the, the, the press would be screaming, you know, the Twitter mob would be screaming that this is cultural appropriation. The Chinese have a much more kind of open and uh, liberal approach to appropriating elements of other cultures. I kind of love that in a way, that they're willing to do that and also have fun with it. I got to agree. If you want to be American and celebrate American holidays and play baseball and cook weirdly sweet things to serve with turkey in the oven on Thanksgiving, go for it. There's a scene in Adam's film in which his main character makes things straight out of an American cookbook from the 1970s. Easy cooking and a tasty dish. It's jello, but this time the jello will be a little bit different. We will add some of the seafood, the tuna we put into the jello. It will make a very um, special combination and taste. The renowned American classic, tuna jello. Yeah. Oh, just thinking about it makes me sick. Adam's right. The Chinese people are really great at appropriating elements of other cultures. So good, in fact, that they incorporate things that no one in their right mind would eat. It all looks fun and harmless. And sadly, not everyone in China sees it that way. In fact, the press have not been kind to Jackson Hole of late the reports about this town, they were stating that some of the people living there were traitors to China for turning their backs on Chinese culture and favoring the United States. It's feeling more and more like a Western all the time. We don't like your kind around here. In fact, there's a scene in Adam's film where some bikers want to ride through the town and they're met by heavy security. They complain that the road used to be open and free. And eventually, they run out of town. It's a surreal moment. It feels like something straight out of a John Ford movie. But let's be honest. Not as surreal as the fact that Jackson Hole China actually exists. And about that, what I found out, really, is that Andy Fan and Alison Smith didn't make a copy. They did a rare thing. They made a cover version which the fans of the original love. I struggled a little bit with why aren't we looking at your beautiful ancestral architectural elements and modifying those to make sense for people to enjoy and love and live in as part of their culture. What is it about this that you are so fascinated with and so wanting to be yours. A copy of a place which holds little recognition outside of the USA, let alone in China, has been a wild success, not because of the place, but because of the idea of the place. I feel like Beijing and China is sort of the wild, wild west now because there's like a constant paradox going on between trying to figure out how to blend the old with the new. The more that I started doing, the more phases I did, the more model homes I did, and they kept 
showing more affection towards like the um, fake kind of gun stuff, <laughs> the pictures of John Wayne, all of the rebel, the rebel Western part of it. That was what really they wanted to see, and they loved it. And so I think for them, it's sort of a way of expressing, you know, a bit of freedom. This feeling of freedom built by Andy Fan, this big sky, ranches by Alison Smith, videos of horses being born, cowboy parties, cornfields, potato clubs, green tuna jello. This old, traditional idea of the Wild West, glossed up and put on the silver screen for the world to see. China saw it, and that's what they wanted. It's the podcast equivalent of riding off into the sunset. <laughs> God damn. With a sack of potatoes. And a newborn horse slung over your shoulder. <laughs> oh, man. What a ride. Uh, yeah, it, we were talking about it before, but there's something about not being bogged down in history. Yes. That really is liberating. We live in, in Europe, which is, you know, the place most bogged down in history <laughs> in the world. But it's... It's a place where everywhere you look, you can see a war or you can remember where some, you know, important philosopher lived or where psychology was born, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and there is something about not having to worry about that, that kind of brings you closer to now sometimes, right? Sure. It lets you live in a present simple yeah, writing your own lifestyle. Jello with tuna. Ah, <laughs> uh, you were going to try to make me eat this, you monster. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are going to make it at some point. Uh, and try it. Um, so look out for that on our Instagram at Passport Podcast. No. I got really scared the other day because my girlfriend is volunteering for it every single day and. With us being in lockdown, we don't get to go to the shops that often. So she went shopping the other day and she came back home. She's like, look what I found. Gelatin. Oh, "Oh, no. no." (laughs) Ah, no. Can we not try the tuna jello, please? (laughs) Oh, man. It's like jackass. When did we become jackass? (laughs) I tell you what, if we get out of this situation that we're in and we can actually meet up and eat a meal together again, I will fucking eat tuna jello. If if we can hold each other and cry while we do it, I'll fucking eat your tuna jello. All right, man. I uh, love you, man. Love you too. Talk to you soon. Bye, bye.
So each week on Passport, we tell you a new amazing story from a different country, from a different city, and from a different perspective. The places we discover on each trip often help shape our story. So if you've loved this week's episode, here are our saved pins. These are the places which stuck in our mind. The best recommendations from the locals and from our story. This week, our saved pins are going to help you find some hilariously inauthentic Americana in Beijing. You'll be able to check them out on Instagram too at Passport Podcast. Enjoy these. In Beijing, in Central Park Plaza, on the 26th floor of the building, which was designed by Giorgio Armani, you will find Rodeo Connection. It is another Allison Smith masterpiece, a cowboy bar serving decadent American-inspired cuisine and craft beer. There's also a mechanical bull there. Yeah, yeah. In Beijing's Soho district, there is a replica of another piece of American life. Central Perk is a fully working replica of the go-to cafe from the television series Friends. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> yeah, not that weird. But the owner Du Jin describes his show as his religion. It's really popular among people practicing English straight from the show. So they've developed a lot of、um, Friends isms. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, oh, and the owner has also built Joey and Chandler's apartment right next door with a duck and a foosball table. Wow! <laughs> Amazing. Third up, in the back lot of the Beijing Film Academy lies a little piece of film history: a Western film set that was built in central Beijing and dubbed the Wild East. The John Wayne-style one-horse frontier town has an Oriental twist. Saloons with Asian decor, Chinese statues, and of course, paintings of Chairman Mao. Oh, it's also abandoned. I think it's closed to the world, so you're gonna have to find somebody who can sneak you in. Ain't gotta do some that creepy crawling in Beijing. <laughs> so Neil, what if I'm into rock and roll? Well. <laughs> Have we got the thing just for you? Temple <laughs> is a bar in Beijing's Dongcheng District, which revels in another American institution, rock and roll. And every weekend there, it's free. This is a love it or hate it sticky floor dive bar with beers, burgers, and guitar solos. <laughs> Okay, so our last pin is all about the three greatest letters in the USA: B, B, and Q. Home plate barbecue in the Chaoyang District serves up burgers, ribs, sausages, chicken, pork belly, brisket, and more. Simple, smoky, and powerful. If this doesn't fix China-U.S. relations, I don't know what will. Enjoy those guys. We'll see you next week. We'll be back with something a little bit different. Uh, we're living in some strange times right now, so next week's episode, love in the time of coronavirus, a series of conversations about isolation and、uh, not traveling. We'll see you next week. This episode of Passport was written, produced, and edited by me, Neil Innes. Our associate producer was Billy Craigan Toon. Huge thanks to Garnet Henderson, Allison Smith, Andy Fan, and Adam James Smith for taking us to Jackson Hole, China. 
You can learn more about Adam's awesome documentary at americavillefilm.com. Also, very special thanks to Sarah Fox in Portland, Oregon, for recording with Allison for us. We'll put some links to these amazing people and their work in the show notes. Our theme music and much more in this episode was created by Nick Turner. Additional music by Brett Van Donsel, Harry Fishby, Sobrio, Audio Binger, Free Matter for the Blind, Johnny Nobles, Lobo Loco, Poddington Bear, and The Joy Drops. Stacey Book, Dominic Ferrari, and Avi Glijansky are hard-boiled cattle rustlers hiding out in a cave in California. They also executive produce the show, which is hosted by myself and the Lasso King, Andres Bartos. We'll see you in the next place.